0: Chapter 4 of the Autobiography of an Electron by Charles R. Gibson. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 4 Some Good Sport. The Scribe's Note on Chapter 4 Men began to make glass plate machines for producing electrification on a larger scale. The electric spark is produced. The electron tells the story of the first attempt to store electricity in a glass jar. This is what we do now by means of a Leyden jar. A sudden expulsion of electrons from one object to another is called a discharge of electricity. Lightning is a discharge of electrons from a cloud to the earth or from cloud to cloud. In repeating Franklin's experiment of drawing electricity from thunderclouds, a Russian professor received a fatal shock. End of scribe's note. NOW I MUST TELL YOU of A SURPRISE IN WHICH I TOOK AN ACTIVE PART. SOME MAN THOUGHT HE WOULD SEPARATE A GREAT CROWD OF US FROM OUR FRIENDS. OF COURSE HE DID NOT THINK REALLY OF US, BUT WHATEVER HE MAY HAVE SUPPOSED HE WAS DOING, HE SUCCEEDED IN ACCUMULATING GREATER CROWDS OF US TOGETHER THAN HE HAD DONE PREVIOUSLY. HE MANAGED THIS BY MAKING SIMPLE MACHINES TO DO THE RUBBING FOR HIM ON A LARGER SCALE. THE RESULT WAS REALLY TOO MUCH FOR US. We were kept crowding on to a sort of brass comb arrangement, from which we could not escape, as the metal was attached to a glass support. Talk about overcrowding! I had never experienced the like before, and I felt sure some catastrophe would happen. Suddenly there was a stampede, during which a great crowd of electrons forced their way across to a neighboring object, and thence to the earth. I can assure you it was no joke getting through the air, We all tried to leap together, but some of the crowd were forced back upon us. Then, bang forward, we went again, back once more, and so on till we settled down to our normal condition. Of course, all this surging to and fro occupied far less time than it takes to tell. Indeed, I could not tell you what a very small fraction of a second it took. I wish you had seen the experimenter's surprise as we made this jump, We caused such a bombardment in the air that there was a bright spark accompanied by a regular explosion. Some men ran away with the idea that electricity was a mysterious fire, which only showed itself when mixed with the atmosphere. Nothing delighted us more, after our own surprise was over, than to have a chance of repeating these explosions, to the alarm of the experimenters. But the best sport of all was to come, AND WHEN I HEARD OF IT, I WAS SO DISAPPOINTED THAT I HAD NOT BEEN ONE OF THE SPORTING PARTY. IT CAME ABOUT IN THE FOLLOWING WAY. ONE LEARNED MAN THOUGHT HE HAD HIT UPON A GOOD IDEA. HE TRIED TO CROWD A TREMENDOUS NUMBER OF US INTO SOME WATER CONTAINED IN A GLASS JAR. WITHOUT CONDESCENDING TO THINK OF US, HE CROWDED AN ENORMOUS NUMBER OF ELECTRONS FROM ONE OF HIS RUBBING MACHINES ALONG A PIECE OF CHAIN WHICH LED THEM INTO WATER. THE OVERCROWDING WAS APPALLING for it was impossible to escape through the glass vessel. Things had reached a terrible state when the experimenter stopped the machine and put forward his hand to lift the chain out of the water. Now was the chance of escape, so the whole excited crowd made one wild rush to earth by way of the experimenter's body. The rapid surging to and fro of the crowd racked the man's muscles. I wish I had been there to see him jump. They say it was something grand. YOU CAN IMAGINE HOW THE LITTLE SINNERS ENJOYED THE JOKE. THEY KNEW THEY WERE SAFE, AS MAN HAD NO IDEA OF THEIR EXISTENCE AT THAT TIME. ANOTHER MAN WAS foolhardy ENOUGH TO TRY A SIMILAR EXPERIMENT, AND THEY SAY THAT HIS ALARM WAS EVEN GREATER. INDEED, HE SWORE HE WOULD NOT TAKE ANOTHER SHOCK EVEN FOR THE CROWN OF FRANCE. WE WERE ALL EAGER TO GET OPPORTUNITIES OF ALARMING MAN, NOT THAT WE WISHED HIM ANY HARM, BUT WE THOUGHT HE MIGHT PAY US A LITTLE MORE ATTENTION. I REMEMBER ONE OCCASION UPON WHICH SOME OF US WERE BOASTING OF WHAT WE HAD DONE IN THE WAY OF ALARMING MEN, WHEREUPON ONE FELLOW ELECTRON RATHER BELITTLED OUR DOINGS. HE MAINTAINED THAT HE HAD JUMPED ALL THE WAY FROM A CLOUD TO THE EARTH, ALONG WITH A CROWD OF OTHER ELECTRONS. IN DOING SO, THEY HAD SCARED THE INHABITANTS OF A WHOLE VILLAGE, FOR THEY ALIGHTED UPON THE STEEPLE OF A CHURCH and in their wild rush they played such havoc among the atoms composing the steeple that they did considerable outward damage to the great structure. I may as well confess that we are not free agents in performing these gigantic jumps. We are compelled to go with the crowd when things are in such a state of stress. We simply cannot hold on to the atoms of matter upon which we happen to be located." It is only under very considerable pressure that we can perform this class of jump, and I beg to assure you that we are perfectly helpless in those cases where we have been dashed upon some poor creature with a message of death. Alas, on one occasion I was one of a party who killed a very learned man. It was most distasteful to us. We could not possibly prevent it. He had erected a long rod which extended up into the air, and terminated at the lower end in his laboratory. Some of us who were in the upper atmosphere were forced onto this iron rod, and from past experience we quite expected that we should be subjected to a sudden expulsion to earth. Indeed, we were waiting for the experimenter to provide us with a means of escape, when suddenly he brought his head too near to the end of the rod, and in a moment we were dashed to earth through his body. We learned with deep regret that the poor man had been robbed of his life. To turn to something of a happier nature, I shall proceed to tell you of some of my earliest recollections. Remember, I shall be speaking of a time long before man existed, even before this great planet was a solid ball. End of chapter 4